all the people that I know who were given money, um, it ended up ruining their lives. Welcome to the game where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer, and how to keep them longer, and the many failures and lessons we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Last week, Layla and I signed our wills donating our entire estate uh, to charity, more or less. And that obviously happens after we die, so it's not now. But it was uh, a really interesting experience for me to go through because it put a lot of things into perspective um, within life. And so um, I wanted to share some of the thoughts around that because I made an Instagram post about it and it's gotten the most like likes and comments and interaction out of any post I've made to date. And so I figured uh, it was a point of interest. And the reasoning behind kind of that decision is, um, is, is multifold. And so I'll share that with you. So the first is we are of the belief that, I mean, one, we don't have kids. And so we would have, we have no like direct descendants we'd pass it to. Second, even if we did have kids or have kids in the future, I don't think that giving people a lot of money when they do not earn it is good for them. And so I would not wish that on any of the descendants that I have. Next piece is kind of the concept of legacy, which is like, why don't you want to do something like the Rockefellers and have some big trust and it feeds every, all of your generations from here on out. And I think for us, the reasoning behind that is, I think there's these ideas that we all strive for of imper impermanence, um, or rather, excuse me, permanence, because we want to live on after we die. But I think it's just a human condition thing and it's just not reality. You know, if you think about like the Sumerians, or, uh, you know, you know, civilizations from 5,000 years ago, there's no one that we even know about. We just know that they existed and that's about it. And we don't know about the rich people and the poor people. And we don't know who started schools and who didn't. We just know that they existed. And I think that that may be the Americans in, you know, 5,000 years from now. And so there's the biological component of, all right, so when we die, uh, our kids are going to marry people and they're gonna have kids and those kids are gonna marry people and then you do that a hundred times and it's taking a 50% and then raising it to the hundredth power, you know, or sorry, a half and then just doing it over and over and over and over again, right? Um, and so basically the amount of our genetic pool, um, if you want to look at it from a biological perspective of what 10 or a hundred generations from now is, is basically nothing, right? We're not really there. And then the other piece of it is like, will they know who we were or any of the character traits that we had will be passed on? Unlikely. And so um, for us, uh, it felt kind of like the right thing because we also feel like we've been given a lot and not just from being born in America and all that kind of stuff, but um, from, a, from a broader context, I, I've shifted my perspective on, I think, business success over time. And so like, let me give you a visual example. If you were to look at Shaquille O'Neal versus, let's say, a tiny Asian lady, right? Um, there's, you could see a huge amount of genetic diversity just in that visualization. And I think the same visualization appears um, mentally, it's just not visual. And so think about that for perspective. So like, it's like, why is he so good at basketball? Well, it's like, if you look at him, you'd be like, well, geez, he's so naturally inclined for that. I'm not to say that every person who has his genetic makeup would be, um, you know, as good as he was, but they would have an inclination to be pretty good, right? And so I think that the same exists within uh, just your, your mental capacity and your character traits, but predispositions for business. Like, I wonder what, if we were to look through that same visual lens, what Jeff Bezos would look like mentally, or what Bill Gates would look like mentally, or what Warren Buffett would look like mentally. And all of a sudden we might be like, well, it makes sense because he's seven, eight, you know what I mean? Of course he's good at investing, or of course he's good at business or whatever. And so I think that my perspective on this has shifted because if you had asked me when I was younger, what made me, you know, successful or whatever. I'm using quotes here. I'm not saying we're the most successful people in the world or anything or far from it, but 
I think that I would have said hard work, sacrifice and all of that stuff. But I think as I've gotten more perspective, I think that, um, we're just naturally good at it, you know? Um, and I think that obviously work and sacrifice and those things hone the skill, just like Shaquille O'Neal still has to go to practice. But I think some people get, um, disproportionate returns on their time and effort. And so, um, to give back after we are dead is not really asking that much. Beyond that, um, it also gave me another huge conclusion about my own life, which is if I'm going to be donating all of this stuff when I die anyways, then it makes more sense for me to start giving away while I am alive. And I think that, you know, the first level of giving is obviously you can give money and Layla and I have probably donated about a million dollars a year the last few years um, to various charities that we believe in. But I think what has what is more valuable is the skills um, and the experiences and the, the traits and the lessons that we have gathered along our journey that I think is more valuable. And so the reasoning behind acquisition.com, which for those of you who don't know us is our portfolio holding company. Um, right now it holds uh, seven companies or you know, in entirety and then also percentages of, and um, that does about $85 million a year, which just so you're curious, which is why I have nothing to sell you. Um, and uh, the point behind you know this channel is to to hopefully transfer those lessons while we are alive to other people. Um, because if we're going to give it all when we would die, why not start now? <laughs> At least that's the that's the thought process behind it. And so that's why, um, for those of you who ask questions, like that's why we are writing the books, that's why I'm making the courses, that's why I'm doing all that stuff and we're giving them away for free. Um, and what's interesting is that I think that there's a shift that occurs and I'm just, I guess, noting this because my first businesses were created out of scarcity. And so what I mean by that is they were created out of an insecurity. They were created out of a deficiency. They were created out of a deficit, a need for something, right? One of my favorite quotes from Naval Ravikant is, uh, desire is a contract we make with ourselves to be unhappy until we get what we want. And I, and I candidly, us building those businesses was not like a happy experience for me. It was very like grindy, dark, rage-filled, like just out work, out sacrifice type thing. And what's interesting is when I look at the people who make a lot more money than me now, they don't kind of act that way. And I think it's because the motivation has to shift. Because if you are this, at least for me, it's like if I'm only trying to satisfy my own personal needs at 10 million or 20 million or 30 million, whatever it is, once whatever your number is, you know what I mean? When you cross it, maybe it's a million, whatever it is. When you when you cross that number in the bank, all of a sudden you'll feel the the energy or the drive towards that, satisfying that goal will, will diminish because you somewhat do, right? And so I think at that point, there are two directions that you can kind of go in. One direction is to make money the ultimate scorecard, um, which I'll give you an analogy of why I think that's silly um, and in a second. And the other is that you can change the driver, all right? And so for the first one, the reason that I've never really been a big, you know, I've never espoused that or never been a big believer in that one is that I see the entrepreneurial journey as a casino. And so bear with me for a second. So imagine every one of us is given a token, right? As we, you know, come of age, whatever that age is, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 14, whatever the age is that you decide that you want to get in the game, right? And so we get a token and we go into the casino and we get a seat at the table and we continue to play and we continue to play and we have the other players, right? And what's interesting is that everyone's playing for the chips that are on the table, right? And the difference is that you might amass this big amount of chips, right? But the thing is, is that we don't get to cash out. We literally just have to leave the table and then someone else takes our seat and all of our chips get pushed back into the middle of the table for other people to play with again. 
And so, and the other people you could say is your family, the other people you could say is your competitors, the other people you could say is just the marketplace for humanity as a whole. But either way, we don't get to leave the casino alive and we don't get to leave with our chips. And so having that perspective for me just really reinforces that it's just a game because we don't get to keep any of it. And so once you satisfied, like, once you can eat steak dinners every single night and it doesn't change anything, and once you can buy private jets and once you can do all that stuff, like nothing changes. Like more money changes literally nothing because money can only solve money problems. And that was one of the lessons that I've learned as we've you know gained more of it is that money only solves money problems. And once you've run out of money, uh, problems for money to solve, there's really not a lot of utility for it. And so that's why for me, the, the money scoreboard concept has never really resonated because I mean, me dying a billionaire, so what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to take this big lump of money and then it's just going to get handed to somebody else. And so that is also why I, I don't think um, we want to give it to somebody else because, uh, you know, an individual person, uh, because I, I think it would ruin them. And one of my favorite cards in Magic the Gathering, which is a game I played all the time when I was a kid, um, it was Burning Wish. And the, the flavor text on that card was, uh, she wished for a weapon, but not for the skill to wield it. And that's very much how Layla and I both see money. Um, is that it's just this raw power and the more of it you get, uh, the more skill you must have in order to wield it effectively. And so I think that that is why we don't, we wouldn't want to quote ruin our descendants, um, in that way or ruin anyone in that way, because I think it's too much for one person to have. And so, um, that is why we're pushing it towards causes, uh, rather than individuals, because I also think that when you give it to individuals, you rob them of the opportunity to earn for themselves and you rob them of the opportunity to 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 achieve in that way because i can tell you i remember when i was a kid and i thought about this really deeply when i was uh in college i thought to myself if i won the powerball right because i bought a ticket because it got like all you know all the guys that i knew all got one ticket because it was like a billion dollars or something at one point for the powerball and it's more just for the conversation that, that, that comes as a result of that, that we bought it. It's not because I thought there was like a chance or anything. But what was interesting is that I realized that during the drawing, I actually had this feeling of dread because I really didn't want to win because I realized that if I won, then it would kind of make everything that I was wanting to do meaningless, um, which was really weird for me to think about. I was like, if I just got a billion dollars, then it would mean that I never even got to play the game or get the credit for earning whatever I would end up having, because I wanted to have, and this is probably my ego or my insecurities, I wanted to have people give me status for having earned this, right? Um, but I think, again, as I've gotten older, my my thinking around that has changed because, like, there are so many things that I've been fortunate with, you know, what I was born with genetically, you know what I mean? I think that I, I have decent reasoning powers, and I, I don't know how much of that is, is learnable, you know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, I was born in the United States. I was born a white male. Um, I was born to, um, you know, a doctor uh, as, a, as, a, as a parent. And so, like, there's lots of things that I have that um, already gave me a leg up. And so, anyways, just to, to, to bring this home for you, um, the reason that we have acquisition.com and the reason that we are pushing far more towards um, giving away everything that we have is while we are alive, um, and the most viable assets we have, which is the value that we can provide in terms of the lessons and skills, um, is because I just have no more marginal utility for money. Now, that being said, um, it would be 
it would behoove me to kind of follow in Uncle Warren's footsteps, which is I think that I will be a better allocator and multiplier of capital so that when I, when we die, we will be able to pass on and make a larger impact um, on, you know, whoever, you know, whatever causes we donate our stuff to than if I were to donate it now. Um, and we do donate stuff now because, you know, I think about this where it's like I've given away $2 million in the last two years and I think about $2 million in 40 years and how if I, you know, allocated it well, it would probably be like $100 million, right? Um, and I'm giving away all that money now, but I think there's always the trade-off between consumption and investment that, you know, kind of all entrepreneurs make and the consumption investment um, trade-off happens kind of for everything. It's like investing in your relationship versus consuming your relationship, investing in the business versus consuming the benefits of the money. Um, and that kind of happens with everything, right? And so um, that is uh, that is kind of the, the thought process and the thinking behind the, the books and the courses and all that stuff, mindacquisition.com, for those of you who asked. Um, the big impetus behind this was, uh, you know, donating what will, you know, just our, our current estate is probably valued between 60 and 80 million, depending on who's valuing the, the equity slices we have in the businesses we own. Um, and uh, I know that if I were to do nothing and just wait, you know, 40 or 50 years, hopefully I live that long, um, it would be a very big number, right? Even at 10%, it'll be over a billion dollars at that point. Um, and that's if we earn no more money between now and then. And so I think that it changes the game. And I'll, I'll leave you this, with this one quote from Naval Ravikant that I think is really valuable. Um, he said, retirement is when you stop sacrificing today for a hypothetical tomorrow. And I think that what that will gave me was the permission to stop doing that. Because if I know that I'm not going to be I'm not going to be taking anything that I'm making now with me anyways, and I'm going to be giving it all, all the way to begin with. It pretty much eliminates the desire to trade time for money in any meaningful way um, besides things that, that I you know enjoy and think that I can provide value with. And so for the many of you that reach out, um, I wanna also say a couple things real quick. One, um, we don't sell time, so I get probably like 100 DMs a day asking if we do one-on-one -on -one consulting. We do not. Um, we take on companies that are, um, I say three to 10 million, but closer to like the five to 10 million plus mark, just FYI, unless you have something that's really interesting. Um, and so we, you know, we invest and we take positions in those companies and help them grow. Um, for context, at the time of this video, the smallest business that we have in the portfolio is eight million a year. Um, so just like I said, for context, it says three to 10, but we're really skewing towards the, the larger side of that. Um, and, uh, and that is why um, I don't consult for dollars. That's also why we're not selling courses, we're not selling masterminds, we're not selling coaching. And if you see comments in the thread that are replies from fake Alex Ramoses, right now we have, we're getting like targeted um, and it's probably because I think there's a lot of goodwill on the channel because we don't sell anything. Um, I will never ask you for a WhatsApp, <laughs> all right? So like, please like do not respond to any of the comments that have a picture of me and like some weird decimals afterwards to make it look like it's uh, me. I will never ask you for WhatsApp. I will never text you for money, all right? So please, 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 please do not respond to those people. Do not feed, uh, feed that. Um, but anyways, love you all. Um, hope you're amazing. Uh, this felt like the right time to make this video in the parking lot before I go to the gym. Um, and keep being awesome. And uh, if you enjoyed this video, click subscribe for a lot more tactical stuff that we do about growing businesses um, and growing wealth. The point of this channel is there's a lot of people who are broken. I don't want you to be one of them. So um, without further ado, Akshamozi, nothing to sell you. Hit subscribe. See you next video. Bye.